Grace and mercy be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So I had this really kind of fun, elaborate question I was going to ask in the beginning about how much people understand about the transfiguration story, but I would say that Aaron did a really good job on this children's message and really kind of broke through to a really good meaning and part of the transfiguration. But I'm still going to go ahead and ask this question anyways, even though it doesn't have the same amount of oomph that I thought it would initially. So I want to get a show of hands real quick on how many people really understand what's going on in this transfiguration story, but besides the parts that Aaron clarified for us, what's really going on in this story? If anyone knows. Okay. See, that's what I thought. And still, it still had that oomph to it. So it worked. It worked. But um, I, I feel where that's coming from, especially when I'm reading through it and I've heard the story a lot. I think, man, this is a really mystical, this uh, really mystical event, something that has a lot of stuff shrouded in there. And, and how do we break through to see what's really going on? You think like, you read that and you go, hmm, something pretty important just happened and, and I don't really know what, but I mean, it, it was an important and, and that's that. And I move on to the next thing, right? But we can't really just move on without looking at an event like this in such a deeper light, right? I mean, let's actually look at what is going on here. First, we have an extremely strange event that is already well known to us at this point. And within this event, we see Jesus take Peter, James, and John up a high mountain. And it's considered to be Mount Hermon. And later on, if you remember that part, Mount Hermon, go, go ahead and look some stuff up about it. There's some really cool, interesting stuff throughout the history of Israel that has to do with Mount Hermon. So uh, if you remember that, look it up. It's kind of cool. So this was truly something unusual then, right? Because people never actually went up there often. There were maybe some small flowers above the tree line, but other than that, there were only clouds, the sun, and really a never-ending view. But up there, Peter, James, and John beheld something frightful, lovely, and certainly unforgettable. They got to see Christ Jesus as he truly was. The true glory of Christ came through. It really is the greatest thing that someone can experience, to actually be able to see our Lord Jesus as he truly is. And then what the soul experiences is said clearly by St. Peter in the words that it is good that we are here. So it is actually interesting as well that Peter, James, and John got to see Jesus in all his glory, but not anyone else at that time. It actually makes me think quite a bit, and it probably makes you wonder why them and not me, for example. Why don't I get to behold God in such a way? Why was it just three of them and not all the disciples? Now, I know that we might be thinking these things, and if I may, it's the wrong line of thought to have. So let's actually think about this. See, there was something Peter said, which also makes me think quite a bit. And he said to Jesus, let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, 
and one for Elijah. What does that mean? Why would Peter say such a thing? And I think that this is a question that might actually help us. You see, Peter wanted to do something specific on this mountain. He wanted to prolong the experience that he and the others were receiving. This mountaintop experience was just too good. It really was heaven on earth. So why does it have to end? Peter wonders this. I can tell you that I certainly act just like Peter in my life. And living at the seminary is, is really something wonderful. I know all my neighbors. Um, I, I have a set schedule, mostly. Uh, chapel's always going on. That's a wonderful thing. And people tend to be somewhat like-minded. But really, it's just a place I sometimes never want to leave. It feels for me so much better than just going out and walking the city. And I find myself trying to see how I can experience this forever. It really is just like Peter and his desire to live as close to heaven that he can on earth. And I know that I'm not alone here because we all have those mountaintop experiences that are just beckoning us. I don't really know what that happens to be in your lives, but I do know that it has to be there. Maybe this mountaintop experience is something that you're experiencing to this day, but maybe it's actually something that you've been involved with in the past, yet it keeps occupying your mind all the time and distracting you from what God wants you to focus on. I mean, looking back at Peter... He had to come down that mountain. Not only did he have to come down, but everyone else did too. Moses and Elijah just disappeared back up into heaven though. But still, Jesus, James, and John, they all had to come down with Peter as well. No matter what he wanted, he couldn't prolong this experience. No matter how hard we try, we can't prolong it either. I know that I can't just stay at the seminary forever. Because if I did, I wouldn't be doing the things that God needs me to do. And this is the same for all of you, true Christians in God's church. This fallen and broken world needs you. It needs you to come off that mountain and into the rest of the world. Because this is what we as Christians are called to do. It simply can't be perfect on this side of heaven, and that's the truth. And we, we do happen to see glimpses of the other side and cherish them wholeheartedly, but they are just that, glimpses. We aren't supposed to stay on our mountain while we wait for Christ to return. We have a mission to be in this world. And let's face it, I mean, life down the mountain Following the mission that Jesus has for us is not always easy. And we know that. You know that. Yet Christ pulls us through and gets us over those hills. And when we realize this, we start to see the cross take shape. 
there was no prolonging the time on the mountain because Christ had his mission to complete. And this mission takes him into all the terrible stuff that we experience and finally to a cross. Here stands one who is under the same condemnation as you are, one who is without sin, and of his own will, he puts himself on the cross to set you free. And of course, he reserves the right to call a judgment, but instead he suffers in our place. God willed this. God sent him. God is him. And finally, he ascended. God ascended on that cross so that you may know his glory and see it shine from his face, holy and full of love. That was his mission. And by coming down from that mountain, it was finished. And the glory of God was available to all people everywhere. Now, as the church, we happen to stand in a long line of those who have actually experienced the glory of God. Moses, well, I mean, he saw the burning bush. And Elijah, well, he was swept away into heaven, body and soul, in a chariot of fire, so that he may behold God. As these two appeared again in the presence of God's glory, this time with Peter, James, and John, they got to give us a glimpse of our eternity in Christ. For now, we are lovingly sustained by hearing the word preached and receiving the true body and blood of Christ each Lord's Day. These two things are Christ making his presence known to us. We are sustained by him with his very glory. And this foretaste gives us just that glimpse of our eternal life. As I mentioned before, as we will be able to be in the presence of Christ in the same exact way that Moses and Elijah really were. They, they were standing up there conversing with God. Think about it. They were up there with God, and we're able to be like that when the time comes. None of this thing that's a shroud, none of that. You're able to be there speaking with God about the things to come in a personal relationship there with him. And you're loving every moment. That is your eternal future. But until then, this path is one that does cross atop many peaks. And you're going to think, here it is now. But then it's just another hill. And will I ever reach the top, you will probably ask. But then what you do is you will look back and you realize just how far you've come. And one day, you will finally say, now I see his glory. Now I believe. So simply hold fast and follow him down the path that leads to eternal life. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.